Hello and welcome to another episode of the Hollywood Haymaker Podcast. My name is Dustin Dubuque. I'm John Hanson. Well, we might as well just go right into the Oscars, because off mic, that's what we were talking about. I think there's there's a, a few fun things to talk about, a few aggravating things to talk about when it comes to the Oscars. Um, it's funny that we kind of talked to each other for a couple of weeks that we don't really care about the Oscars. John, a lot less than I do. Um, and then we just kind of had a discussion about him. Well, this year, once again, proved to me why I don't really care for the Oscars. But this year, I think, was the most... Um, of the last probably 10 years that I can think of was the most average. I just, I didn't watch it live. Well, I usually do. Um, and you know, I watched tons of clips the next morning and, and got all caught up and I followed it on Twitter and I had somebody updating me on what was going on. But I think this year was the first year that I think if an average person watched the Oscars, that they actually probably enjoyed themselves more. Um, just based off what I read and seen, not only the, the ratings were up a lot this year, I think maybe it's half due to the fact that they've kind of screwed up a bunch this year. Now people are just wanting to see the train wreck of the no host. And Yeah, I, you say it's more entertaining this year. I, without a host, For me, the one part that was entertaining in the past was the host. I thought that too. Um, I like the first 10 to 15 minutes with the host. But after that, the host doesn't matter. Yeah, they come on, they got little quips here and nah. there. They make fun of the... But you can do that with other things. I think this opened up. Like, the couple parts I will say that I saw I thought were funny. But granted, they're not things that don't happen every year. In the three hours of Oscars, um, there's, like, two or three funny parts. Like, that's about it. Like, funny, I mean, like, quote-unquote, it's funny. I don't know, did you watch, like, the Tina Fey, Amy Poehler? I heard My about room? it. It was cute, and uh, it was two minutes, which was funny. It was fine. I think I've had enough of them, though. I, I, you know what? I kind of have two, and that's why I was like, okay. But, you know, they're two. it was two minutes. I remember when I, when I heard about it the next day, they're like, you have to see the Amy Poehler. I went, oh, gosh, 15 minutes of this. And it was two minutes, and I'm like, they hit it really fast, and they pretty much just made fun of everything as fast as they could because they knew there was no host. And I'm like, clever. I thought the other funny thing was... Uh, um, Melissa McCarthy had a funny moment where she came out. Uh, she was doing best makeup and hair, or best uh, costume, and she came out like the most ridiculous dress. Uh, it was based off the favorite. Where in the favorite, she has a bunch of bunnies. In the dress, had a uh, what, what's the extension on the ground? Had it been thirty-five feet long. There was bunnies all over it, like stuffed ones. Mm-hmm. And she even had one on her hand, so it looked like the bunny was moving. While she, it's costume, she's making fun of a costume. Clever, cute. It's sure. fine for a 30-second bit on the stuffy, boring Oscars. Probably cost $50,000. Totally. Um, and then the other cool part was Dana Carvey and Mike Myers announcing Bohemian Rhapsody and nice. talking about how cool, how important that song has been for their careers. I'm like, cute, uh, like it. Yeah, yeah. Did you watch the Queen performance? No. Well, no? Wayne's World would have been big without... The song. Yeah, but it's important. It's a good scene, though. I mean, it's a pretty iconic scene of the yeah, movie. Yeah. Um, they're just saying that it, you know, and it was just it's cool to see Dana Carvey and Mike Myers together. Who doesn't love that? Yeah. Because I love Wayne's World. Sure. Uh, the Queen performance at the beginning was, man, uh, so I've never seen it with. Uh, was it Adam Lambert? Yeah. yeah. Man, it's tough to take. Oh, really? I actually saw them live at uh, the really? Excel Center. Man, it just seemed weird to me. Again, I, I, I'm fine with it. I mean, I enjoyed, I enjoyed what I saw. Yeah. Um, when I saw him live, I, I I hadn't really. I mean, obviously, I hadn't seen Queen live ever, so sure. I, I didn't really have anything to compare it to. But um, I thought they did a good job. I thought you know Adam Lambert pretty much sounded pretty much like him. He's and, talented. 
when I saw them live, they did a really cool thing during the show where they actually had Freddie Mercury up on a screen singing for a couple parts of it, too. That's cool. Yeah. Yeah, and they did that, you know, and it was really fast. It started out, it was like three minutes, and they medleyed like three songs. Yeah. And people were complaining, but I'm like, who cares? People like stop complaining about this stuff. It's not important. But uh, other than that, I guess the couple of cool things I want to bring up about the Oscars really fast was, uh, and I'm going to be one of those complaining, I started with off mic with John quick, but uh, Black Panther won a couple of awards, which was the first time the Marvel Studios won an Academy Award, so that was a big deal. Yeah. They won some makeup design ones and best costumes, um, best costumes which was cool. Um, the same costume was in Civil War. Yeah, but there's more this time. It's not just his costume. They're talking about there was a lot the of costumes in Civil War. Sure. I, again, we can go into like the details of Hollywood and the Academy Awards and how they might just have wanted to give Black Panther a few awards, which is pretty much what they wanted to do. Because um, Civil War wasn't even nominated. Oh, no. For anything. Why would it be? I would have nominated some more. I think Black Panther's a better movie. Okay. Um, but I'm, but in the again. Do you think Infinity War was a better movie? Yeah. I no, did. No nominations there either. Yeah, it didn't even get it didn't even get a special effects one, did it? No, I don't, I don't think, think so. Got anything. What a joke! That and again, thank you. You've just summed up the Oscars. Yeah. Movie. What a joke! What a joke! And, and and again, I like the Oscars. Here's the reason. Here I'll give you an explanation of why I like the Oscars. Is the eight movies that were nominated. Without the nominations, and this is true, besides Black Panther and Bohemian Rhapsody, maybe Green Book, maybe, nobody would have seen them, whether they're good or bad, without this, right? Like, nobody would know what the favorite is, or nobody would know what Vice is. Not saying everybody does. So I'm like, okay, if that gets a handful more movies for people to watch, that may be good, maybe not, depending on who you are, it doesn't matter. I'm okay with that. Like, I mean, the only reason why I went and saw Bohemian Rhapsody in the theater is because it got nominated, and they re-put it in the theater, and I had time to see it. I like that. You know, other than that, it's just a thing. It's an old-school thing that they need to figure out how to fix. I mean, I agree that a movie should be... There should be a movie that is seen as the best movie of the year, but 5,000 old people that vote on it, I don't think it's the best they, way to go. <clears throat> they have a type, and that's why I don't really like they the Oscars. It's... A, they, they they have a, a clear type and it's not a type of movie that I enjoy. Um, I told you last week or whenever it was that Black Panther would not win Best Picture. That oh. it didn't stand a chance. No, it didn't. And the reason why is because it's an enjoyable movie. It's the kind of movie I like, and they don't like those kind of movies, so they're not going to vote for it. I just knew that. Right. I said it would be probably Green Book or Favorite or. Yeah, I, I mean, I, Green Book and Roma were the two front runners, and I thought Green, I wouldn't have put any money against Green Book. People were thinking they weren't, it wasn't going to win. Um, again, I, it's, it's the type of movie they like, though. Yeah, totally, and it's also that. But again, Green Book, you haven't seen it yet, and I, I, when it comes out on DVD, which should be soon, I want you to watch it because I'm, I'm planning to. You should. should. It's a few people have told me that it's good, and I'm sure it is good. I doubt that if. I doubt that I'll come out of it thinking it's the best picture of the year. It was in my top five. I liked it a lot. I mean, yeah. it's 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 funny. It's quick. And here's my problem with Green Book. So the number one headline I've seen this year is, is Green Book the worst best picture winner since Crash in 2003, 2004? Remember the movie Crash? Yeah. Um, and Crash was fine. And everybody, that was one of the years that I guess of all the movies in a year, nobody probably would have said that Crash is probably the best movie. Crash is fine. It's... Um, but then, so I looked at the list of the best picture winners in the sense crash. You know, come on. I mean, they're like, uh, a couple of them were, 
they're so forgettable. Like what? Green Book's probably one of the most probably memorable of the fifteen that I read. Outside of, I would say, No Country for Old Men, which has become popular. People know what that is. They've watched it. Mm-hmm. Um, but even like, like here's some of the ones I'll come up to. Uh, the King's Speech. I never saw because I. It, you don't need to. That's the, the trailer gave the whole story away. It's yeah. an underdog story. I don't need to see that. Yeah, and it's the and it's exactly what you think it's going to be. Yeah, and then like or that the year the artist won the black and white silent movie. It's like right. they made thirty years worth of those movies just because you make it now and it's a little more grand. Be- mm. Like how pretentious mm-hmm. is that? I watched it. I'm like cute. Yeah, I liked it. It's good. Yeah, it's alright. No, it's not a best pick. Like no. if if I had to pick this as the best movie of that year. There's no way. It's just, it's so pretentious. Mm-hmm. Um, and uh, so I think Green Book is a just fine nominee. And I, I was talking to John about this off mic that a lot of people are mad at it. And again, this seems like Hollywood's mad at it, but the general masses aren't. The Green Book has a really good user score on Rotten Tomatoes. Mm-hmm. The movie theater I sat in was full front to back. And when the movie ended, people clapped for it. Sure, there's a couple parts in it that I do agree with that are a little middle of the road. But in the end, you know what we live and John gives me crap about this. And he has on Mike is, uh, you know, there's a lot of like sad movies. There's a lot of depressing movies. There's a lot of movies with an agenda. This movie had an agenda, but it still was light. What's mm-hmm. wrong with just enjoying something at the end of the day, even if it has a problem or two. And that was, I mean, heck that's me with Avengers infinity war. I mean, I just had fun in it and yep. cared enough about the characters. Green Book's the same way. I had fun in it, cared about the characters, and enjoyed it. My, my, my wife loved it, too. Yeah, That's my friggin' problem with Green Book, and I'm done talking about it. Um, and then, uh, I don't know, I'll just touch on it quick. The only, other, the only cool thing that happened, I thought, was was uh, uh, was the best actress was a big upset, and I was loving it when they go in and they say that this person's going to win like a bajillion to one. And Who was yeah. supposed to win? Uh, Glenn Close was supposed to win for a movie nobody saw called The Wife. Okay. Um, I didn't know The Wife existed. And I'm pretty on the pulse of that type of stuff when indie movies and stuff until she got nominated for a Golden Globe and then won. Okay. And I'm like, nobody knows what this is. And then it was that it was that thing where they're like, the Academy Award's going to give Glenn Close this award because she's Glenn Close and deserves it. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, and I, which I hate. That's another reason why I hate the Academy Awards is that thought process of, we're going to nominate you. You might not have had the best movie or the best performance, but you know what? It's good enough. But you've been you've been nominated seven times, and we feel we owe you one. Mm-hmm. That's the dumbest thing I've ever heard. And then she lost to Olivia Coleman, who was in the favorite, who was awesome, who was who I would have been my outright person to win. And then she won, and she literally went up. You should watch her speech. Because she literally went up with no speech because she was not planning to win. And, and she went up there. She was completely, um, completely flabbergasted. Had nothing to say. Which was adorable and fun because she was like, oh my god, I can't believe I just won. Like, I wasn't right. supposed to win. So, other than that, um, I know you had some, a couple other things you might well, want to say. <clears throat> my favorite film of the year I mentioned was Mission Impossible Fallout and it got completely snubbed. Yeah. because And again, no surprise. Um, it it's not the type of film that the Academy enjoys. It's an action film. It's a, it's a, you know, big kind of a blockbuster film. Right. We're not interested without a social agenda. Right. So <clears throat> that film to me was a technical achievement. I, I felt that some of the stunts that they performed in that film 
were unlike anything <clears throat> that had ever been in any film ever. They really pushed the boundaries, and it got nothing. And I want to just, uh, not to interrupt, because I've been talking a lot in the beginning, um, every year at the Academy Awards, there's always one award that people want in it that they've never, that they've always wanted. comes up every year. Stunts. Best stunts. Mm-hmm. Because it's completely snubbed. Why is that? Like, that's a pretty big deal in a movie. Yeah. Um, the people that do it, the amount of people that do it, and the achievement that it takes to edit a stunt, get it in the, and make it look and make it mm-hmm. good, you know? Every year. I remember when Lone Survivor, remember that movie that came out a few years yeah. ago? The stunts in that movie are awesome. I mean, I've never watched so many guys fall down a hill and look like they're getting killed. I can't believe the people sign up to do it. Mm-hmm. And after the Academy Awards, the amount of people I said that said, a mission impossible needs to get me award for stunts. So many people are like, this is why you need it. It's for this movie right here to be recognized for what they follow. Yeah. 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 I thought so. Um, no, I agree. Yeah. I, I mean, I, for me personally, I would have nominated for best picture, but you know, I'm not the Academy. I, sure. you know, they like the, the boring stuff. Yeah. Blockbuster stuff besides black Panther doesn't work. It took, well, they only put black Panther in there as a favorite, everybody. Cause they, it there was, was supposed to be there was supposed to be a new category called best popular film and it it didn't happen so they're like all right we'll take we'll we'll take what would have been the the best popular film but we'll just give it a nomination and I told you it's not going to win it's, it wasn't you know and here's the one thing I give so this is the other problem with the Academy Awards and I think I said it on here quick too back when the Dark Knight didn't get nominated and everybody was like how not only was it super popular. Because it wasn't popular with the Academy. But it, it was popular with critics and everybody, though. Yeah. And the, it took sixth of the five. That was when there was only five nominations. That was why the year after they went, we'll go up to ten nominations. So that means a movie like Dark Knight in the future can get a nomination, at least. Mm-hmm. You know, Guess how many times that's happened since? None. Until yeah. Black Panther just did it. Yeah. Like, and it was like, so that's been ten years of, hey, we have ten categories now. Let's throw a bone. Like, who cares? If they have no chance of winning... Who even cares? Just throw it in. Like, it, it doesn't make any sense. People were, I remember when uh, Avengers, the first one came out, a lot of people were like, this is why you did the, the award. Throw Avengers, a movie that everyone liked, even critics liked it, made a ton of money, looked cool, had a great cast. All right, give it a nomination. Who cares if it has zero percent? At least it's there, gets a little bit of talk, gets some buzz. And then they wouldn't do it. And you're like, what's the point? But of course it takes, which I agree, me and you agree, Black Panther's a very good movie. It takes a movie that has a huge social part of it, which is fine. That's what makes, that kind of, that's what stands Black Panther out, which is why I like it too. But it has to have that or else. Yeah. I I think Black Panther's a good movie. I don't think it's um, the best superhero film of the year. I think. I yeah, we both agreed in Avengers. I, I think of Infinity War and, um, Mission Impossible. If I was in charge of the nominations, both Mission Impossible Fallout and uh, Infinity War would have been nominated. Sure. For Best Picture. And one of them would have won, actually. <laughs> sure. I don't know which, but one of them. Okay. I I don't know. I haven't seen Green Book yet, but it's Good. it's mostly two guys riding around in a car talking. That's, no, that's part of it. That's what they're showing you a lot, but it's, it's more than that. Well, I know it's more than that. But, but it's, it's good. But the thing is, is they made, like I think I said on here, was they made two guys in a car fun. Sure. So like, it, should, it should probably be nominated and uh, for, you know, best screenplay. Which I, I think it was. It was, I'm pretty yeah. sure. Which is what, uh, which is where 
Spike Lee one for adapted screenplay. Mm-hmm. Literally, as a as a we need to get Spike Lee an Oscar. Right. I mean, a lot of uh, and that was nobody once. I mean, Black Panther's good, and, but nobody went into that going. It's by far the number one best screenplay adapted screenplay. It was Spike Lee needs this right because he can't win director because we all knew Quran was going to win for Roma. Like everybody knew that was going to happen, so they're like, how do we do it? Uh, screenplay. And then he went up there with the two guys that wrote the screenplay. And he took and did the whole microphone. Mm-hmm. And people were like, Spike Lee didn't write it. He was part <laughs> of the process. These two guys, the two guys that went up there, are the ones that wrote it. Yeah. Spike Lee directed it. That's what you do. Yeah, that was just funny. I saw Roma, by the way. Oh, you actually watched the whole thing? I did. Did you just kill yourself the whole time? Uh, I, I, <laughs> I, I, I had to fight from not doing that, yes. Um... <laughs> I, I, I finally caved in just a curiosity more sure. than anything. Um, I pretty much knew it was something I probably wouldn't enjoy. Yeah. Just, you know. Kind of from the premise. and um, But, you know, it was getting all this attention with the with the Oscars. And I thought, I'll, I'll, I'll give it a fair shake and I'll actually sit down and actually watch it. Sure. So I can judge it fairly. And um, it's exactly what I thought it would be. It's incredibly boring. Um it's a lot of really long shots. Yeah, but the shots look really good. Shots look good, yeah. Good cinematography, good directing. Sure, I'll give you that. That's why they won those awards. But I, for me, when it, when it comes to a movie, the f- number one thing is the content and the story. Sure. And, <clears throat> yeah, Roma's a great-looking movie. Yeah, it looks, um, it looks great in black and white. Um, there's a lot of long shots in it, and I, I actually really appreciate long shots. I love a good long shot. Yeah. Uh, this same director, Alfonso Cuaron, he did Gravity. Which I love Gravity. Oh, I love Gravity. Love it. Um, the opening shot of Gravity, I think it's like 10 minutes long. Another movie that's getting crapped on as we get farther away from it. What? Yeah, I know. It's an excellent movie. It's an excellent movie. The, Absolutely spectacular. Did you catch that the opening shot of the movie is like 10 minutes long? Yeah, it's the, awesome. The, yeah, the, and the... There's a lot of long shots in Gravity, totally. and they, they're great. There's a lot of content in those shots. Totally. Um, this movie is... And there's a, a lot of content in these shots. Well... There's a lot. So subtle. The maybe. amount of stuff that's... It's subtle. It's life, is what it is. It's it's shots of people doing life. Just yeah. The opening shot... It's better than walking down the road, and nobody on the road ever, and there's one car down the road. Like, how many movies do you see with that? Because they can't afford it. Karan gets a budget here. Like, there's a lot of extras in this movie. Like, holy crap. The... The the opening shot of this film is a close up on the floor, and water is being pushed into frame. It's as if somebody's cleaning the floor just out of frame. Yep. That shot is four minutes long. Yep. Now I do recognize that the opening credits play over that shot for two minutes. It's another two minutes. Yeah. Of the floor. Yeah. While water is being pushed into frame, mm-hmm. I was interested for for a point to a point, and at some point I'm looking around the room going, "When's this shot gonna end?" Well, they're showing you the monotony of her job. That's they're why. showing me the monotony of this movie. Yeah, that's, um, that's kind of the point. I got 25 minutes in to the film, and I stopped it because I had to go online and read a positive review of the film so that I could have motivation to continue to watch this film. <laughs> and the review that I read basically admitted that nothing really happens for the first hour. Yep. This is the movie. Um, there's movies that are entertaining the entire two hours. Uh, this one, really nothing happens for the first hour. Yep. And what happens is, um, so the, it's basically the story of this young girl who's, she's like a maid or she's like a caretaker for yep. this family. And it turns out she's become pregnant. 
and she tells her boyfriend, and he seems happy about it for a moment. For a moment. <laughs> and then they're at the movie theater, yep. and he says, I got to go to the bathroom. He leaves, and he never comes back. Um, now, a more interesting film might have revealed that something happened to him, and Liam Neeson would step in with some special set of skills to get him back. Of course. But this is... We're just left to assume that he walked out on her. Yeah, he we're, did. There's not even really a shot of like him jumping in a cab real quick. Why, why does he need to show that? She comes out and can't find him. He's gone. Well, yeah. It's assumed that he walked out on her. Yeah. Like I said, maybe something happened to him. Yeah, it's assumed. I think that's the point. It's assumed. Yeah. I I think it maybe it would have been worth it to call the police at that point. Different. It's This is Mexico City, and she doesn't really have that power over there. That's kind of the point. Nothing happens to people in Mexico City. I'm, I'm, I, I, and everybody does things differently. We've talked about that in other movies. Is that right? So we're we're left to assume that he walked out on her, which it, it does it does come up later in the film that that's what happened. He, he walked out. It, on her. But there's a great scene that includes him and her when she's shopping for a crib with the lady that she works for, and the stuff's going on outside. There's like riots going on in Mexico City, mm-hmm. and uh, that's the next time they see each other. Yeah. I think that's a good scene. It sets it up pretty good. Sure. Good scene. Um, yeah, so, I mean, the film is what it is. It looks great. Um, it, it definitely was not for me. It was it was pretty much what I expected it to be. Um, there's there's a part towards the end. I don't know how much we want to give away, but there, there's an ocean scene. You know, okay, so the thing about the ocean scene that I hate in movies, mm-hmm. what is the box cover of Roma? It is her... On, on a beach, beach yeah. with the family hugging her. That is the payoff. <laughs> yeah. And they gave it away. So when the scene starts, mm-hmm. you uh, did you know that going in? Did you know did you know that, that was kind of the shot? I you know, I had seen that on the, the menu here on Netflix, sure. but I guess I I wasn't thinking a whole lot about okay. it. Okay. So anything because I you know I watched Roma like a month or month and a half ago and um, everything I've ever seen is that picture, which kills me. Because then it killed the payoff of that shot. I you, I knew going in, this is the final scene. Mm-hmm. You can tell. It's set up to be the final scene. Yeah. And you know what's going to happen. But you even know more because you're like, well, you told me. And every single box cover, every single poster, every single thing I've seen online is the shot of her getting embraced by the family. You've already told me that the family's going to embrace her as one of their own. In the picture. Yeah. What are you doing? It kills it. That killed it. So yeah. yeah. We can give it away. Well, that's it. I mean, she saves one of the she, kids from drowning. Two of them. Two Both of them. them. That's the, right. The kids go The kids go swimming. The parents say, you know, don't go too far into the water. Um, next thing you know, they're they're way out there. And yeah. um, they're yelling for help. And the, the caretaker, I think her name was Cleo. Cleo. She, oh, it's established that she doesn't really swim. Yep. So she... She risks herself to go save out there and save the kids, brings them back to the beach. And, um, yeah, uh, there's actually a laugh out loud moment, at least for me, uh, right that, that, so the final scene, they go back home and there's an older woman there. I assume it's like the grandmother. Yeah, it's the grandmother. And she says, how did, how'd it go? You know, how, how, how was the beach? You know? And she says, um, the kids almost drowned. And the grandma doesn't skip a beat. She's just like, oh, okay. And just moves on. <laughs> that grandma, though. But that, that's kind of the grandma the whole time, though. The grandma's actually, like, my second favorite character in the whole movie. Because she is, like, straight to the point of everything. Just skip. Doesn't just, skip a beat. Well, even the when she gets... almost drunk. Oh, okay. Yeah, well, even when they find out that the, that she's Cleo is pregnant. 
Like, they kind of, it affects, you know, they're like, oh, what are we going to do? How are we going to get, Cleo's a little shocked. Grandma doesn't care. She's like, okay. You want to buy a crib? I'll take it. She takes her to get a crib like it's nothing. Like, doesn't even acknowledge, like, that this is anything. Like, that grandma has no emotional, <laughs> emotional connection to much. But, yeah. So, I think, I think the message of the movie overall was that this, this girl who's a caretaker for the family, um, you know, she does so much for them. And then when she finds herself in need, when she's got this pregnancy and the father has walked out, um, they kind of, they kind of take care of her. So they kind of take care of each other right. in the end, um, which I, is, is a, a message. It's um, fine. I don't know. I think people can take care of themselves. I think if that girl, instead of getting pregnant, if she had been a little more responsible, um, Accidents she happened, John. She wouldn't have been in that situation. Yeah, it's fine. I don't know. That's just me. I guess it's fine. It's a simple. It's you know, and the other reason why I liked it too is that she's their nanny. There's never a point where like it's said that the the people that she works for like you know treat her poorly. Once in a while, they get little tussles of like how she's doing things, or you know the 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 mom of that of that family. They're she's pretty much they're in like process of like pretty much a divorce with her husband. It is funny when she drives his car right into the garage and scrapes the shit out of it, like against the garage because she's so mad at him. Because they they establish he has this really nice car and this garage he parks in, you can barely get in with the car. She drives between two um, <laughs> two vehicles. Is that what she does? Yeah, I know she pulls into the garage at one point and just smashes it like pretty much back and forth against the walls. I know oh, that man. happens too. She no, she does it a couple times. Like Everybody every time she gets in the car, yeah. she pretty much intentionally hit something because right. she's mad. Okay. Um, and so they don't ever say like that, like, so it's, I, I, they, they, they have normal things like against each other that they don't fire her and, you know, she gets pregnant and, you know, I bet you a lot of people would probably say, oh, go away. They don't do that. They, they tell her that they'll help her through it and stuff. And sure. They don't need to. Right. I mean, she's paid staff, you know, and you know, the kids sometimes care about her and other times they don't. They treat her like the nanny. Mm-hmm. But then other times, they cuddle her on the couch, you know? So I think that's, that's the payoff at the end. It's like, Oh, she is more than an Andy. Right. Well, but yeah, we kind of knew that. I mean, yeah, there's nothing, I mean, it's subtle. It's nothing here, right. but it's, I liked it because I thought that was fine. But again, I thought it was just fun to look at. It was. Oh yeah. Great. Gorgeous. Yeah. Great. I mean, if, if you're looking at stills from this movie, like you go in a photo book or something. Totally. But I, it just not a lot of substance for me. There's not a lot of substance in general there. There's not. I give it that. But yeah. I thought to look at once and to really enjoy, I I did. Well, I would give him best director or best cinematographer. He but, won both. But uh, you know, best picture, I don't think so. And they won I best like, foreign language. I like which, a story with my picture. Sure. And for best foreign language, like I mean, when you watch worldwide cinema, man, it is way different than American movies. It yeah. just totally is. So that winning best foreign language also doesn't surprise me because. That's that's a lot. That's yeah. silly. But it's at least you. I, I at least this is what I give people. If it's not your bag, I gave a presentation on movies on Monday. One of the people raised their hand and said they saw the Roma on their board on their minds. Yep. But admitted, he's like, it was maybe one of the nicest movies I've ever seen. Like he's like, visually. I liked visually. Yeah, yeah. And I'm like, good. I'm like, you know what? At least you watched it. Yeah. You know, I even asked the guy. I was like, how often do you watch a movie that's black and white and in Spanish? He's like, mm-hmm. never. I'm like, good. At least. At least you did it. Yeah, I'm this one ain't selling me on wanting to see more of them. Well, what are the... Yeah. <laughs> sure. I also saw Bohemian Rhapsody. Oh, did you? Yeah. Okay. Um, I, th- my 
my review of it is not going to be a popular one. I know a lot of people really enjoy this Ooh. movie. Um, I, it's, it's, for me, it was a, basically a showcase of their, their music. Um, yes. Rami Malek won Best Actor. For not a great performance. Thank you. It's You're, not. Thank you. Everybody's, um, everybody's been saying that. Oh, but, uh, okay. people, but people are just like, you know, it's like one of the things where he like, who started winning these awards and people were like, whatever. I thought I was going to be in the minority. I, I don't think you're in the minority about, I think you're maybe in the minority about the movie. I haven't heard your, well, I'll, I'll talk about it a little more, but, but no, the performance. Good God. I, I stared at his teeth for two hours. And no, I never once pretended like they were there. Like they were like, this right. is just how he looks. Yeah. It was not only was it the teeth that were distracting for me, but he was using this strange speech pattern. To me, he sounded like an elderly woman, the way he talked in that movie. And I thought, I don't know, I haven't heard Freddie Mercury talk in interviews, I guess. I looked up so, a couple of interviews after, because I was interested too. in me how too. We, eh, it's, it's, it's... No. Yeah, it's not there. No. You know, and that was a lot of... Sorry, keep going. I went to... Okay. Okay. Well, yeah, just that... Yeah, the way he was talking was distracting to me. He sounded like an elderly woman. He had these fake teeth in his mouth, which looked like a prosthetic. It looked like he was sucking on something. It looked like dentures that kept falling down. Yeah. Like, it looked like he was sucking at something at the end of his mouth. Totally. Um, and I thought his acting was a little little bit cardboard. I didn't think he showed a lot of deep emotion. Um, and the singing, they actually brought in either... Uh, they, they used Freddie Mercury when they could, but they also brought in another sound alike. And... It was obvious to me that when the singing was happening, that it wasn't Remy Malik. Oh, of course it was. Almost no so, movie it is. Well, so between the the obvious, the the obvious dub over with the singing, the fake prosthetic teeth, the, teeth so the cardboard acting, and the the weird speech pattern, I had a hard time believing that what I was looking at on screen was flesh and blood. I was watching the whole time a performance. A stitched together sure. Frankenstein-like performance where they were trying to imitate Freddie Mercury. There was times where it worked. There was moments where he looked exactly like Freddie. And there was times where he's on stage where he was doing the dance moves. And obviously he watched videos and mimicked right down to the letter all the dance moves. But overall, um, I had a hard time getting into it. I had a hard time believing that he was... It wasn't just that I had a hard time believing he was Freddie Mercury. I had a hard time believing he was a flesh and blood human on screen. I was watching a performer the whole time. I don't disagree with that. I, I really don't. I, I Again, you know how many people I've heard when they bring up the movie, they go, oh, that Live Aid performance. Yeah. I, I think everybody gets into that. It's well shot. Yeah. That is him embodying. That's the one time in the movie you're like, he has got this Freddie Mercury. Like, the look and the performance of him down. That's because they had video of that whole performance. Of course they did. So he could it. mimic it. Yeah. And... It's sellable in that moment. Um, but everybody brings that part up. I'm like, mm-hmm. what about the rest? Right. There's, And I think I said this when I talked about it a couple weeks ago. The stuff where Queen is singing and the band is being the band mm-hmm. is all fun. Yeah. If you like Queen, if you like the, if music, you like the music, and yeah. almost everyone does, because yeah. they're, they have five of the most famous songs of mm-hmm. all time. Sure. I mean... When my favorite song is a credit song that didn't make the full movie, I mean, that's how you know. Their, their hits are huge. And people probably don't even know Queen sing half of them anymore. Um, but every, I said this in my review, that's why I was like totally fine on Bingham and Rhapsody. I'm like, when the music's on, I love it. Yeah, it's a showcase of their music. But when it's so, Freddie Mercury's <clears throat> life, blah. Right, it's, 
well, it's not very introspective either for like a for a biopic. They really, I went into it feeling like I didn't know a whole lot about Freddie Mercury, and after watching it, I still feel like I don't know a whole lot about you Freddie don't. Mercury. Yeah, they 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 go they they, they go over it pretty. St- well, even yeah. like the, the the his manager, that's like his not his boyfriend, but like the guy that he will hook up with. But that guy's infatuated with him and kind of takes over his life and kind of is the one that uh, I don't even know how they got there. I mean, like he jumps into this this frame, and then they give you that like he's he's obviously evil. He's not really evil. He just wants <laughs> Freddie Mercury to himself, and he kind of thinks that everybody else kind of sucks. And he is the one that's sleeping with Freddie Mercury, so maybe he does know Freddie Mercury better than other people. And then they make him out to be the evil villain. Like two scenes later, I'm like, what's happened? The guy's done nothing. Why he does drugs with him? I think Freddie Mercury is doing plenty of drugs before this guy came into his life. Sure. I'm like, I, I thought that was weak. It, a lot of it was weak. It was just, it was kind of the broad strokes. <clears throat> it was just like a few facts. And I heard that a lot of them weren't even that accurate. They kind of played with the timeline and stuff. And Again, it's two hours and 15 minutes. And what did you say? 45 minutes is music? Sure. There you go. It's it's a showcase of the music. That's what, that's what it is. That's what I, that's what I said uh, before. It's, if you like their music, you're going to, you're going to enjoy the movie just, just for the music. But I don't think it's a great movie. It's not. And here's the big reason why I think, again, so did you look at the box office for it? In America, 200 mil. In the world, 700 million. Which is Europe, obviously, because that's where Queen is famous, and that's why Fred, and Freddie Mercury's a legend to, you know, them over there. Um, and then, you know, I understand ending with the Live Aid performance. It's a big, great ending. It's grand. Mm-hmm. But I'm also interested in Freddie's life after. Like, a title card at the end, I was like, I would like this. Like, yeah. I almost want a movie with more of that. I'm like, I want to know what happens on the downfall, the HIV, the what happens at post-Queen, what's Queen doing without Freddie, like, instead of it, the... It the, felt like a movie that was made by somebody who who didn't really know that much and just was kind of going by... Who, the, who did the, the, like, basic research, the yeah. Wikipedia version of Queen. Exactly. Is this movie. Yep. Instead of reading a book on Queen... You went to Wikipedia. Or interviewing people that knew him personally right. or anything. It just didn't feel like they really got into who he was or why he did the things he did. It was just like, here are some general facts and a lot of their music. Yeah. So if you like their music, you'll have fun with it. But yeah, it's it's really not a great movie. It's not. And you know what really would have killed it? And it, we, I can't, we can't, me and you can't say it enough. The music makes it. Is the fact that they play the songs almost front to back. Yeah. You don't care. I don't know how many movies I've watched where they go every song. They they don't do the whole thing, but I mean they play a lot of it. And you and you don't care. I'm like, God, keep doing it. Come on. I, it's the same scene. Three of them are done in like the studio and they just switch up the look of it. It's like this is nothing. There's no subtext here. But man, the songs are so good. Yeah. And there's absolutely no way that one day in the music studio a guy stomped his feet. And then they created a song in two minutes. Like those things in movies are so sick that I'm like, this is if this is the true story. That's the most cliche true story of, of uh, "We Will Rock You" of all time. Well, they yeah they did kind of mention that they came up with it because they wanted they liked fan interaction. Hey, that's kind of cool. But you know, there was one really funny part. I don't know if you caught it because you know. Mike Myers is in this movie. Yeah, and I, I mentioned that. Me, yeah, I told you that. You that told me that great you did, scene. You told me you didn't know it was him until like the end of the scene. Man. So you might have missed a joke there. Um, so Mike Myers plays like the the guy at the at the. Um, it's the studio that doesn't sign them. Yeah, 
And he basically says, I want you to do another record like your first record. And they come back with Bohemian Rhapsody. And this guy doesn't like it. And he says, he basically says, uh, kids will not be riding in their car headbanging to Bohemian <laughs> Rhapsody. Right. Well, of course, Mike Myers has the famous scene in Wayne's World where they do exactly that. Of so, course. Kind of a funny line there. Funny line. I don't know if Mike Myers maybe improvised that or. I'm sure that was brought up. They're like, oh, we gotta, we gotta <laughs> do it, right? Right. That yeah, was great. That is great. It's a great scene. Well, I'm glad. Yeah. It's again, like Queen, like the music. It's it's an easy watch at home. Like after I left the theater, I went, should have just watched that at home. That's what I did. I rented it. Yeah. Box. Yeah. It was easy. My um, my wife came out actually liking it probably more than I did. She she enjoyed it, but it's fine. That's an easy, like, right down the middle movie. Like, middle of the road. You're probably not going to hate it. There's not much to hate. Yeah. But there's also not much to like, either. No. I can't believe that guy won Best Actor. Oh. Far from it. Far, far, far from it. Thank you. I thought I was going to be in the minority. Totally agree. And again, I had a, so I had a friend of mine text me the other day. Uh, she's she's probably one of the... She's like you. I text her about movies a lot. She's usually... She's, you know, she's usually really behind. So, like, three months later, I'll get the text. I'll, oh, I just watched this. And literally, the text went, I just watched Bohemian Rhapsody. Those freaking teeth. I didn't stop. Like, who could. I, I need to know the person who watched it and literally stopped thinking about it. They should have went more subtle with it. I mean, I know they were trying to go for what Freddie Mercury looked like, but sometimes. Sometimes you just got to go with it. Sometimes know? subtle is better. Sometimes subtle less is, is more. Yeah. And I think, I think if you did it in such a way that it, it might not have looked exactly like Freddie, but if it looked more believable, I know. Then. It might have been better. Right. Well, and it's also a thing, too. It's like, it's it's how humans work. Freddie Mercury had an overbite. You see him all the time. Mm-hmm. The overbite doesn't matter anymore, because that's who he is. Yeah. Like, you have long hair. I don't notice you have long hair. This is you. Mm-hmm. I would notice if you cut it. Right. So I know Rami Malek so doesn't Malik have... shows up, and he's got the fake teeth. I know Rami Malek doesn't have fake teeth. like an old lady, and then it's like... Who is this person? Right, unless you're, and it's not like there's a body transformation here. It's Rami Malik with fake teeth in. Right. This isn't, uh, you know, this isn't getting put on a fat suit or anything. I mean, this is a. He looks like Rami Malik, and even when he puts the when he goes full of Freddie Mercury with the long hair, and then it even looks even more ridiculous sometimes. It's like God. Now it looks like Randy Rami Malik dressing up as Freddie Mercury, like you said. Yeah. So, okay. the voice really bothered me too, though. I guess I didn't even put that much weight into it at that point. Yeah. It was fine. But yeah, the voice was fine. It was weird. It was weird. It did not sound like Freddie Mercury. I liked his bandmates. Oh, the band was great. I thought the people that played the band, I thought were super interesting. Everybody else in the movie was great. Mike Myers was great. The the girl was great. Yeah, I thought she was good. I thought the relationship was interesting to know about. Yeah. Um, but Everyone was good, except Remy Malik. He, <laughs> he wins Best Actor. Yeah, everybody was kind of even on like that. I think that was like one of the ones that people assumed that he was going to win, and they were just like, well, like whatever. Just let it keep. Let's let it go. Just let it keep going. It really was like I, everybody I know that's like that I listen to a podcast and stuff. Like whenever they get to that, they're like, "Fine, whatever." Like they're just like, "Why even fight it at this point?" It's the Academy Awards for it. Um, so we got a couple other movies. I guess we'll start. Uh, um, we won't even do news because we're we're just rolling. Um, let's do. Uh, you want to let's let's keep on track of the uh, true story, and we'll do. Uh, we both watched. Uh, um, can you forgive can me? you can you ever forgive me? Yeah, um, and it's the I'll take this one. I guess it's the uh, it's uh, Melissa McCarthy. She got best uh, best actress nomination for this movie, which she is spectacular. Oh yeah, absolutely I love her so much. 
Likewise. I, I just love her. She's, she's one great. Of my, she's, if I had to rank like, to my top ten favorite people maybe in Hollywood right now, she's probably in there. Because I just think she is great. Yeah, she's really funny in her in her comedies. That's why I started liking her. I thought she was really funny. Yeah. And uh, in this one, she shows that she's really a good dramatic actor. Yeah, too. she's good. So it's the story. She's Lee Israel, who was a famous writer in the 70s and 80s, um, who pretty much wrote um, other famous people's like words to create books like she never so she wrote books in her own words through the voice of other people so like she's not like which is kind of what the movie's about so after she gets you know she sells a lot of books in the 60s and 70s into the early 80s she's a famous writer she's a famous author and then you know people's tastes change and what they read and now it's kind of catching up with her in the early 90s and she's living in new york you can tell she's not living well her money's spent she lives by herself in her house with her, with her sick cat, and uh, she's trying to make ends meet as a writer, and her agent is kind of telling her, I, I don't have anything for you. Your writing is not what's famous anymore. Like, what you do, you need to switch it up. What you do isn't writing. She even goes to the local bookstore to try to sell some books to get make a little money, and she sees her books 75% marked down, her newest one. And it's, it's proof that her writing's, you know, it's you got to move with the time sometimes. Yeah. And she can't. And uh, so she needs to make money. She befriends this guy, uh, what was his name, Jack Hawk. Mm -hmm. um, and they kind of, she kind of realizes he's kind of sleazy, sleazy guy who kind of, you know, well, you know, he's a hustler in New York. And one day, I forget how she comes about it. She comes about, oh, she finds a letter she, in a library book. She, well, before, before that, I think she had an actual letter. She had an actual letter. Oh, okay. Yeah, that's right. She had a framed one. She had a framed letter. She had a framed letter from somebody. I don't remember. Doesn't matter. Who, famous writer. Somebody famous yep. had, had written her a letter at some point during her career, and she had saved it and framed it, and she was needing money, so she she brings it down to the bookstore. She sells it, and she gets some money for she, it. Yeah, and she's like, oh, that's that's nice. I can't believe somebody paid me, what, 75 bucks for, Whatever for a letter. Yeah. And so she then goes to the library, mm -hmm. and uh, she opens a book, and there's another letter in it. That seemed a little... Serendipitous. I don't know if that coincidental. If uh, maybe I don't know some if liberties, actually, maybe some liberties. I don't know if that actually happened in right. real life, but um, but uh, hey, I found a dollar bill in a library book once. Well, which was probably used as a bookmark, but that's fine. Um, <laughs> so she finds it and she's like, "Oh, okay, I'll." Uh, what I want to do is take these letters. I'm gonna. She kind of has a scheme. She's like, "Okay, I'll write them up, and I'm gonna add like a paragraph because the letters, you know, they kind of make a you know um a thing that the letters are really boring most of the time." People will buy them because you know, the name's on it. But if the content is better, it's more interesting and worth more money. I mean, even that's still today. Stan Lee letter comes up that says, good day, have a good night. Nobody's going to care, but if he makes a joke in the letter, right. it's more interesting. And uh, um, so she writes the letter up. She's going to sell it, and then she adds a paragraph on it. She adds a PS. PS. And they go in there, and the, she sells it to the same lady. They say, oh, my God, the PS. That makes this letter worth... $150, it's so much more interesting. And then that's where her scheme comes up. I can take people's letters or create them and their voice, add a little thing to it, and then sell them. Right. She so she's faking this. So she's frauding people with fake letters yep. that buy these things. Mm -hmm. And then, then it kind of goes in this whole thing of her going to a bunch of different places around town um, selling these letters. Um, and that's kind of the general idea. Yep. Okay. Just making sure I get it all. And then, uh, just quick before we get into like what we thought about it is, uh, you know, she has the friend, Jack Hawk, who 
it's kind of about their relationship to um, he's gay. You learn that she is as well. So they kind of, they're both outcasts. They're both kind of hustler people that are both down in their luck. Um, they kind of have an interesting relationship. And then she also kind of has a little bit of a relationship with uh, one of the booksellers, the first one that she sells the original letters to. I have a feeling that might have been fabricated for the movie, too. I'm sure it is, because it's a really awkward storyline anyway. It's It almost does. Yeah, one, of the, one of the women that she's selling letters to basically asks her out, and they, they go out to dinner, and then at some point, it's it kind of comes becomes public that she... Right, it's a true story, so we don't really have to, like bury the lead here yeah um, it becomes public that she's faking these letters right, yeah and so i mean obviously that kind of stops everything stops the she's relationship a friggin', <laughs> she's a friggin felon i mean i felt like they maybe maybe put that in just so the movie had a little little more oomph yeah. even though i didn't think they needed it i yeah. i guess i thought the relationship between her and the guy the jack guy was interesting mm -hmm. i actually thought that that was maybe the most interesting part of the movie um but i do want to say uh, melissa mccarthy though terrific oh yeah Totally believable is this down and out woman right. who still has her Melissa McCarthy things because she's kind of she's not the nicest person she's really not she's pretty short with people and kind of you know she's not the nicest person mm -hmm. so she has her little quips in there so you still kind of get that it's kind of funny because it's Melissa McCarthy but really she's being really terrible <laughs> she's really mean um, so uh, but uh, I don't know man I uh, this movie usually falls in my alley. God, it felt long. Oh, really? To me, I, it was surprising. I was sitting there, and uh, my wife and I were watching it, and uh, she told me to pause it at one point, and uh, she's like, oh, I have to get up and go get some, get a snack, go to the bathroom quick, or let the dogs out, so he just paused it for a second, and uh, I could, I was like only an hour and 15 minutes in the movie, and I went, oh my gosh, I can't believe I have 45 more minutes of this left. Like, it was starting to drag for me, um, surprisingly, uh, because this is usually something that I like, but I kind of got a little... Uh, kind of started to wear on me. I didn't really care about the fraud stuff and her writing all these letters and I, it wasn't kind of the premise. I know and it wasn't, I was no, I was more interested in her side story with uh, her friend or quote unquote friend um, who she eventually brings into her scheme. And that's kind of her downfall is that he's the one who gets caught. Well, yeah, and the fact that she, they, she, the heat starts to get onto her, she, that she might be selling fake letters because one of them turned out to be, somebody figured out that one of them was yeah. fake. So she starts to type them up and give them to him to sell. To the same people. That was like a fire <laughs> festival moment, was it not? We were like, not only did you like ask the one person you're in contact with on a regular basis to go to the same seller to sell almost the same type of material, you really think that that was a smart idea? Like, And that just proves that it was a dumb idea. I mean, it really does. I mean, yeah. you know, when she gets caught, you're like, you deserved it. That was stupid. Like... But, well, she deserved it because it's it's a horrible thing to do. True. Um, yeah, I mean, I didn't like her as a person at all, but I still enjoyed the movie. I thought it was good. Yeah. Um, the opening scene of the movie is her getting fired from a job. Um, it looked like she was an editor or something. Yeah. yeah. And she she's drinking on the job. <laughs> that was good. Mouthing off to the yeah. to you can't drink supervisor. Doesn't care. She just cusses out the supervisor. Yeah. Well, spoiler alert, she gets fired. So the whole time that they show her in, um, you know, having trouble with money and stuff like that and having a hard time making rent, I didn't care. I'm like, you deserve it. You got yourself into that situation. Well, and the fact that she makes the money in the next scene is she's in the bar. And you're like, oh, you just made money. Stop going to the bar. You have to pay rent. <laughs> yeah. 
Yeah, she wasn't a likable character, but that doesn't change the fact that it's a really good movie, and uh, I, I like the story. You know, even though I was not rooting for her, I was rooting sure. against her. Sure. Um, yeah, I thought it was. I thought it was really good, really well made. Um, yeah, I'd recommend it. Yeah, it was fine. I I didn't get into it as probably as much as you did, but I, I thought it was good. It was good just to see her uh, again. I like Melissa McCarthy. She, she kind of sells me on stuff. One thought that I did have while watching it was I thought I, I sometimes I hate when they make movies about people like this because I feel like the movie is going to benefit them for their crime. But fortunately, this woman has passed away years ago, so this movie will not help her at all. Even though she wrote a book, so I mean, again, she wrote a book about this. She did. So I mean, it's, we're not burying anything. So when she gets caught, she gets two years probation, right, or something like that, and then six months. She had um, to pay restitution on the money too. Yeah, she had to pay restitution. She had two years probation and six months house arrest or something like that. Yeah, and, and then she, she wrote a best-selling novel. Yeah, about her doing this. Right, and the movie is obviously based on that book. Right, but she passed away back in the nineties, so yeah. she won't. She's really she, benefit from the movie being made. Right. Yeah. No. No. I'm sure there must be some estate that probably does, but not her directly. That's fine. Um. Maybe. I don't know. She didn't have any kids or anything. That didn't really show she had any family, so maybe nothing really benefited. Yeah, I don't know. Publisher. Publishing company probably got some out of that. Yeah. Um, yeah, no, it was good. I, 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 it was fine. It was good. I, I didn't love it, but again, I don't yeah, know why. To me, it, it, to me, it just, just I, I, once I got into like her figuring out that, oh my gosh, people might realize they're fakes. Like, you didn't think of that once? That this might get caught. Like, when the people one guy's that like, commit these kind of crimes, they, they don't think. And I guess it is, again, you have to take yourself out of, it's 1990, what? 1, 1982? Yeah. The internet's not there. Right. So, finding fakes is way harder than it is. Now, granted, there's also probably less fakes. Now, there's, the internet has made fakes even easier. Because you can sell to anybody online without a certificate. You mean there's probably more fakes? Yeah, that's what I meant. Yeah. Um, so, I, you know, you take that into account, too. But, uh, but again, it was good to see her do a dramatic role and have it pay off well. I mean, I always thought she—I I never would have thought she couldn't do it, but the fact that she did it and it was good, and yeah. you know, she got nominated for it in a movie that most people probably didn't see. But um, but it's at Redbox right now. That's worth a rent. Yeah, I was surprised to see it there. I I was gonna go rent um, Overlord, and um, they had that movie. Um, what's it called again? Can Can you ever forgive? Can me? you ever forgive me? And I had forgot that they were going to make that movie, and I, I wanted to see it. I kind of did, too. So I was excited to see it available there, so I rented both of them. See, what happens, going back to the Academy Awards, and think I'm going to be the last episode we talk about it for months, um, that's also what happens at that time of year, because most of the time, if you're going to get nominated, you, you remove your releases in, like, November, December. Tons of movies come out there, and there's, like, this movie was put out there as, like, Academy Award movie. Mm -hmm. And then there's always the movies that get put out there, and then they're like, no awards happen. I was wondering if while they were making Bohemian Rhapsody, if they knew that they were making an Academy. I don't know. I don't. I. I I'm not sure if they did. Because when wa when watching it, honestly, it didn't feel like it was that type of movie. And it's another movie that again I think benefited from making tons of money. Yeah. And I, I, I. That's a movie that caught fire. I mean, when they realized that millions of dollars were getting. I mean, again, it made eight hundred million. It was one of the highest grossing movies of the year. I. I think people were like, I don't think we were going to do that well on the movie like it just shows that you know when you've got subject matter you've got a, a person that's very beloved and you've got music that people love it really is going to carry your film it's sure it's not it's it's just a mediocre film but it's about a, someone very beloved right and that's what's going to help that movie sure i agree with you and it, you know and 
it is a celebratory movie too. Mm-hmm. Like, again, I said that I would like to know what happened. Like, you know, we all know that he died like six months, after, six years after the live aid performance from, you know, AIDS and, you know, um, they don't, they don't touch on that. No. And like, even his, they, they just have the title card. Yeah. And even his homosexuality throughout the movie is seen with a little negativity here and there because, you know, it was the eighties and stuff happens. Um, but it wasn't a main point of it. I mean, it was there, but it wasn't like, oh, this made him depressed. Even his depressed parts of the movie are pretty small. Mm-hmm. I mean, one, I mean, he's, they show like two scenes of him doing a lot of drugs and partying while his solo career is going downhill. And he has one conversation with his ex uh, fiance. Boom. He's back at it. <laughs> it's, you know, the movies, it's, I heard that he actually didn't even pursue a solo career, that that was all fake. Was it? Baked for the see, movie. I don't know much about Freddie Mercury when it well, comes to that. See, I got interested in it. I looked up, some some actual information after seeing the movie because I was kind of curious how accurate it was, and um, but yeah, I heard that he didn't actually pursue a solo career, and because I had no idea he did. So when they told me that, I didn't look after. I went, I didn't know. Like, what did he do? He, he didn't. Okay. And um, they also said in the movie that they had been broken up for a period of time prior to the Live Aid concert, and that was sort of their reunion. Um, they were touring together just months before Live Aid. Okay. So it, it, they but that was, wasn't that the thing? It wasn't that they broke up, but I, I thought, like, I, just from what I knew, and maybe you know, it was just like Freddie Mercury just like wanted to stop. Like, but like there wasn't a breakup. To... It was more or less like, I just want to break. Like we've been touring nonstop. Because like, I knew know the big reason why their live aid performance was famous is because people thought that they were like not broken up. That's not the wrong word. I Sometimes they finished a world tour like two months before that live aid concert. Right. I'm not saying they didn't, but like I think after that world tour, I thought people thought that they were going to take some time off. Well, and then they came back and people were like, "Oh, this is great that they're you know here again after eight weeks." It's not a long time. It's not. But I think that was the thought. You know, I mean, how many All times right. have you seen that where bands were taking time <laughs> off? Two months later, God, we're back. Just so you know. Oh, I thought yeah. you guys were done. Oh no! Well, it sounds like a lot of that was dramatized okay. for, the, for the movie, just to make it a little more interesting. Gosh, and that part—you got to have some ups and downs. Dude, and that so. part is not interesting. That like fifteen minutes could have been cut completely out. That was just a, that was the worst part. Was that fifteen twenty minutes there? It's like give me Live Aid. I know it's coming, but uh, I think we have one more. You said you uh, rented Overlord, and so uh, I'll let you yeah. take the reins on this one. Yeah, you saw it too, Dan. I did. Yeah, um, I had been hearing good things about Overlord. Um, actually, I kind of knew I was going to like it as soon as the production company logo came up and it was Bad Robot. Anything J.J. Abrams related. I yeah, know he's I'm pre-produced love. it, yeah. I don't think he's made a bad movie, not in my eyes. I'd not yet. Huh? I'd have to look it up. I don't know all of us. Oh, he's good. Yeah, Bad Robot usually puts out good stuff. Yeah. At least at least creative stuff. Yeah. Um, it's basically like a, it's like a World War II movie. Day Before D-Day. Yeah. Um, they're, they get shot down, they're trapped in uh, Nazi territory, and, uh, it's basically, there's some hints that maybe something supernatural might be coming, and it kind of builds towards, you learn about, it, it's basically a fantasy film, it's a World War II movie, but it's a fantasy film, because it, it basically reveals <coughs> that the, the Nazis are doing, like, experiments on corpses and reanimating them. It's almost like a zombie kind of a thing. Um, it, it actually reminded me a lot of a lot of the video games I play. Dude. Yes. Yeah. I was like this, it's not based on any specific game, but it totally could be. Yeah. It felt like 
Castle Wolfenstein or something. Totally. Um, it had that total vibe to it. I mean, it's just, it's really fun. It's a lot of action. Um, a lot of unknown actors, which I think really actually helped the film. Yeah. Um, I liked it. I thought it was great. A lot of fun. Yeah. I, you know, I went in, so I heard, I stayed away from Overlord as much as possible. I didn't want to know what was going on. I knew what you know. It's something going on in World War Two, you know, so I avoided. I saw the reviews were good. It was bad robot. I'm like, all right, I'm going to avoid. I thought it was fine. I, I wanted to, I was going in. I'm like, this is, I'm ready. I'm ready for what this movie is going to give me. The only problem I had with those is, man, have you seen this before? So much of it. The group gets shot down. It's the six soldiers that are all a little different. You got the mean one who's the tough guy. And it's like, I get it, man. Every war trope is here. A couple of them get randomly picked off. They fall into the small town that's overrun by Nazis. But everybody in the town's really nice. And guess what? They're going to find the one single female with a kid. They're going to hold up in her house. The Nazis are probably going to show up at that house, and they have to hide from. Them. Oh, there was that was a, that was a great sequence. It's though. a great sequence. That there was a really tense. That, that that was one thing I liked about this movie. There's a lot of really good tense moments. That is the best scene. There's a scene where they're hiding upstairs, and it's that classic. Yeah, the Nazis are downstairs. They're hiding upstairs, trying to make the wood always creaks in those always. houses. Something always is going to happen, <laughs> and the Nazis are going to get right there, but they're not going to go. But I, I, and again, it's I'm not, I'm really not, good, really well done. I thought, and again, at that point, I was starting to check out because I'm like, I've seen it. I get, I know I'm getting ready for something different. I knew the second half of the movie is going to be something different. But the first half, you're like, this is everything. This is, we all know. But that scene does switch for me because I went, that scene was good, even though I knew everything that was good. And then, of course, then they take the head Nazi bad guy. Maybe you should kill him because guess what's going to happen? He's going to get away. And he's going to come back for you. Of course it happens. But again, another scene where I went, here it comes, that went different, that was interesting. Like, eventually one of their guys gets killed by this guy. And it's not, I mean, again, you see it coming from a mile away. And they have the serum, the serum. They don't know what it does. Oh, they kind of do. Mm-hmm. And they inject his dead body, and then he comes back alive. And that's video game right there when his head kicks, which I realized is in the trailer. I had to rewatch the trailer after because I wanted to see what the game away. It's quite a bit. Um, but they show that scene in the trailer, which is sad. But when his head cocks to the back of his body, his yeah. neck is all bony. Oh, that was awesome. He's basically a corpse brought back to life. Right. So, I mean, that was what was taking me randomly out. But I kept getting pulled back in because every time they took the same sequence, by the end of it, they made it still interesting, even though it still was the same. But that was the other thing. This is the best video game, non-video game movie, because I think if you play any type of video game like this first-person shooter where there's you go into some sort of bunker in wartime and you kill stuff, that's exactly what's happening here. Yeah. I mean... I liked it. it it's it's good. I, I, I didn't like... I wanted to. I was ready to love this, and I didn't because I was so, like, same, same, same. But the, but again, they take same stuff and they still make it fun. They made it fresh and fun. I think it's I think it's going to have a cult following. I think, I think so too. I think it's going to be one of those ones that people, as more and more people find it, right. are going to like it and really attach themselves to it. I think I totally agree with that. I think this will be a movie that people will, a couple years down the road, will still be kind of talked about yeah. in, a, in a group of people that are going to be like, remember Overlord? Oh yeah, I rewatched that like a year ago. It was still good. Yeah. Um, 
again, I have no, I, I, I liked it. I knew you, I was like, this is John. That's why I even texted John. I'm like, I just watched Overlord. Yeah. You have to watch it. We have to talk about it because I know you're going to like it. Yeah. I didn't say that. I just knew. Um, I, I was, I, I did come up, maybe my expectations were high too. I really, really wanted to buy into it. Um, but I didn't dislike it. Uh, it was good. It is, yeah, you like some, you know, some nice zombie violence isn't the worst. And again, zombie's the wrong word, but it's the easiest word. Yeah, they're reanimated corpses, so they're more or less zombies. zombies. Um, <laughs> yeah, you know, and it, 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 yeah, it's good. I don't, you know, the last, it's so much the same though, man. That's the only problem I have with it. Even towards the end, it's, man, and I'll tell you one thing. I've watched a lot of Texas Chainsaw Massacre movies, and I've never seen anybody get off that hook. <laughs> Did you not yeah, have that thought? They always do that in the movie. The guy's like hanging from a hook and he somehow just muscles himself. How? And uh, there's no possible way. You would be in such pain. And I don't even know if the Texas Chainsaw Massacre, so they do that. They're stuck there. Yeah. You know, that's that's what I always think of. Whenever somebody gets... when they, Obviously, when that hook's dangling from that ceiling in that warehouse, you know somebody going on that hook. Yeah. And every time that person gets off, I'm like, no way. Well, the, the movie is a little over the top. I think, But it's, that's why it's okay. Yeah, it's meant to be more fun and not taken seriously. So, totally. so yeah, of course, the action hero guy is going to pull himself off the hook. Of course. And it's, of course, you know, at least it's the strongest. It's the guy that they were made as the captain, yeah. strong guy, sure. BA guy. So you're like, okay. Granted, he gets put on. Usually they get put on, oops, they get put on on their backs, you know? Yeah. Man, the thought of a hook going through my stomach into my rib cage. It's kind of the most brutal thought I've had in a while. That is, that is tough. It'd be not fun. It would. <laughs> it would be not fun. <laughs> um, yeah. Good but yeah. Movie. No. So those are yeah. So overall, uh, some decent movies we talked about is okay. Um, we'll be back next week. Uh, I think we'll be back with. Um, I think we're gonna watch uh, Lords of Chaos. I watched, but I want John to see it before we talk about it. I think we're gonna definitely gonna get to fighting with my family. I think this week in the theater. Yeah, and I got one more that I found on Netflix that we didn't have time to talk about. What's that this week? Uh, well, should I save it for next? Well, week? Well, tell me what it is, and if I've seen it or if I haven't, maybe I'll watch it. It's from a few years ago. I just okay. happened upon it. It's called The Gift. Oh, um, Joel Edgerton. Yeah, I know exactly what you're talking about. That might turn into a long conversation because I didn't like The Gift. I'm in the minority. Okay, we'll talk about it. We next can talk week. about it next week. Um, there you go. We're giving you, we're prepping you up for next week, making you want to listen again. Um, so those would be some of the movies are back, and who knows what else we'll watch. Um, and then we don't have to talk about the Oscars next week. It's going to be great. All right. So, all right. Thanks a lot. Thanks for listening. Listen to me, honey, dear. Something's wrong with you, I fear. It's getting harder to please you every year. I don't want to make you blue, but you need a talking to. Like a lot of people I know Is what's wrong with you